Hi, I'm Tom Zalatni, and you're listening to the No Bad Food Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. This is a show about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. Our mandate is simple, to explore, taste, and learn about food in ways that celebrate all the things that make it great. Every week we dig into a different dish, meal, ingredient, cuisine, or piece of food media, exploring the history and culture around it, sharing favorite recipes, and learning from our wonderful guests. The only rule? You gotta love it. After all, there's no such thing as bad food. Before we dig in, I'd like to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio where I'm recording is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember when the lands we occupy are not our own, and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. I want to encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and with the indigenous communities of that area. So folks, today's show is all about hot dogs, because it's summertime, and it's barbecue season, and there's nothing better than getting together with your friends and just, you know, cooking some wieners on the grill. Now, I'll admit that hot dogs are usually more of a supporting character for my grill sessions, the secondary protein that I always keep on hand to accompany whatever food is the star of the show that week, but I think it's actually exactly that reliability and versatility that make the hot dog so worthy of praise. Like, I know I can always count on hot dogs to be there, you know? They're accessible, and they're a good accompaniment that I can throw on the grill for a quick fix if people are getting hungry while waiting for the burgers or the chicken or whatever else I'm making to have enough time to grill properly. You know, the hot dogs take like a couple minutes and then someone can eat. So it's a, it's a good way to sort of bide the time, like a pre-meal. And it's, you know, also something I know my kids will actually eat without, you know, raising a stink, which I wish wasn't important, you know, but but they're young. <laughs> so it's it's still important. While ground meat shaped like a log has been around for basically as long as people have been eating and grinding meat, the hot dog as we know it first rose to prominence a couple hundred years ago in Germany and Austria under a different name, the Frankfurter. But they really hit their stride when American street food vendors started slapping their wieners in buns and selling them to passersby in the early 1900s. There are a lot of different opinions about what makes a good hot dog, what condiments do or especially don't belong on hot dogs, and whether or not hot dogs are sandwiches, but the one thing that everyone can agree on is that they're tasty, cheap, and relatively hard to screw up. That makes the wiener a winner in my book, and I'm excited to spend a bit of time today exploring what makes those things so awesome. My guest today is Aslam Chowdhury, a writer, lawyer, and blogger whose work you can find at studyroompod.com. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. So uh, last time you joined us, we talked about the bread basket, uh, which is, you know, a classic restaurant experience. They bring you food before the meal. Today we're talking about hot dogs, which uh, most of the time are a main course. But uh, like I was saying in my intro, sometimes I treat them as kind of a, an entree before everything else comes into play. How do you feel about hot dogs? What's your hot dog life? experience <laughs> well you know you mentioned your kids eating the hot dogs and I, and I think like when you're in that backyard barbecue space mm. hot dogs are kind of like chicken nuggets of the backyard barbecue Ooh, okay kids love them adults don't always go for them they may have one but you know they're waiting for the burgers and the chicken mm-hmm. or the ribs or whatever you're doing really or eggplant and mushrooms if you're vegetarian sure, at a barbecue sure. But kids go wild, and that's like that's where my story started as a, as a kid getting a hot dog. Hmm. I don't know; I have no idea where I had my first one. Probably, you know, kids have cut up food when they're children. I probably had cut up hot dogs as a little kid. Right. But you've also got little league games, baseball games. Like I, I'd go out to the Phillies game, and 
the reason I went to a Phillies game, I was a Braves fan growing up. Don't ask questions. <laughs> um, the reason I went to Phillies games was, you know, primary objective, get a hot dog. Secondary objective, get cotton candy. And uh, tertiary objective, go back home. <laughs> so, so hot dogs, when I was, especially when I was younger, were the star. Mm-hmm. Like, I love a burger. Uh, I'm, I like chicken. You know, you have chicken all the time. Chicken's great. For the barbecue, the off the grill, I can take a chicken. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's fine. But for me, it's burgers and dogs. And secretly, it's the dogs. Sure. Yeah, I feel like hot dogs, they they kind of play second fiddle a lot of the time. But they are, I mean, like I was saying before, they're kind of the unsung hero. And like, some days I don't want the commitment of a full burger, you know? Because a burger, it hits hard. It's heavy. It's going to be delicious. But it's it's a lot to go all at once. Whereas a hot dog, like at its core, a hot dog is simple, right? You can just slam one of those guys down your throat and it's like satisfying and you're happy and you still have room for other stuff afterward. Yeah, absolutely. Hot dogs are like a blank canvas too. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, burgers can be, but I know when I make a burger, I I do it from scratch. I'm careful about my seasoning. I'm careful about my cheese pairings. Mm-hmm. And when somebody goes and then just throws a bunch of ketchup on it, a part of me dies. Right. Because I'm like, I just gave you the perfect burger. <laughs> what are you doing? Right. But I didn't make the hot dog, right? <laughs> yeah. You want to do whatever you want to do a hot dog. You're not going to offend me. My my ego is not part of the hot dog experience. Right. When you approached me about this episode, I started looking a little bit into hot dogs and how people eat them. And there's just, there's no wrong way to do it. Really, there are ways I like other than, more than others. But mm-hmm. my my mom loves fried onions. Sure, she, she'll do fried onions in in sort of like this tomato based sauce, and she'll she'll cook the tomatoes uh, with the onions and put the onions on the hot dogs, and it's amazing. And then you can throw on go back to the German heritage or Austrian heritage. I know there's an argument there, and throw in some sauerkraut, and that's mm-hmm. lovely. Or you can do a coney and and have chili and and or cheese. And it's just awesome. Like, it's just always good. Although I will, I will, as a caveat, say I've only ever really eaten all beef hot dogs. Okay. Because uh, I, you know, I grew up not eating pork, so we always got all beef hot dogs. Sure. And then I've only had like a beef and pork hot dog maybe like three or four times in my life. Right. So that's my my perspective coming to this is always the the all beef. Yeah, I mean that's fair. Like I I grew up eating both, but like. In my adult life, I've come to really appreciate an all-beef hot dog. Like, I think there is a noticeable difference, and I think the quality tends to be slightly better. But, like, I don't know. Like, I'm not necessarily looking for quality in hot dogs anyway, right? So it's like, sometimes I just get whatever is cheaper. But if the if the all-beef ones are on sale, I get them 100% of the time, you know? Oh, yeah. Touching on this, like, all-beef hot dogs thing, the, the hot dog, like, as we know it, right? Hyper-processed, smoked, slap it on a bun, whatever buy it on a street corner, maybe get food poisoning hot dog. Like that's such an American thing, right? Like that is the the street food version of the hot dog is is an American creation. And because it's so like like it it, it it's very East Coast American too. It's very New York. Of course, kosher hot dogs, they exist and came about pretty quick as a result. And like all beef hot dogs are as tried and true and like historically awesome as your like traditional pork hot dogs like i would almost argue they're like as traditional right and so i think if you're saying like i've only ever had 
beef hot dogs. Like, I don't think that's a problem. I think that's just like part of life. Some folks only have the beef hot dogs because that's just how it goes, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it, it's, it's funny because I had this conversation with a dear friend of mine who's, who's German and grew up in Germany and mm. she grew up all around, but she can't, she gags at the thought of hot dogs, but she'll eat other sausages. Sure. And for me, I'm just like, you just haven't had the right hot dog. Right. We've got to get you some Hebrew national quarter pounders. Yeah. Throw them on the grill with some sauerkraut. So you feel it on on a potato <laughs> bun, maybe, or top slice. You can do top slice if you like. And uh, I think that would really win her over. Yeah, I mean, that's it, right? And and that touches on, like, another thing you said before, which was that, like, there's no wrong way to eat a hot dog. And that's a tough one, right? Because there are people who think that that's not true, right? <laughs> if you go to Chicago, yeah. if you go to Chicago, they will tell you that there are wrong ways to eat hot dogs, right? And that's okay. I think there can be culturally wrong ways to eat hot dogs in specific places. But the, like, overall sentiment of, like, there's no wrong way, I think that's valid. And I think, like that speaks to its versatility, right? You can slap whatever you want on there. Whatever it takes to make that feel right to you is, I think, totally valid for a hot dog because it it is kind of a conduit for other things. Oh, totally. You know, in, in a lot of ways, it's kind of like a bagel where sure. I, I talk to a lot of people whose sentiment on bagels is that a bagel exists to deliver me cream cheese. And that's fine. You know, that's, that's, that's if that's your perspective, that's 100% valid, that's fine. And I, and I think that's great with hot dogs, too, because, I mean, I love a plain hot dog. I love one with ketchup. I love one with mustard. I like ketchup and mustard, but I will go, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog level crazy for a chili dog. Sure. I love this stuff. And and as as somebody, and I hate the word foodie, and I say it all the time because <laughs> it's the easiest way to describe myself. You know, I, I'll sit there and I'll sit at a restaurant and I'll get the, the foie gras and the caviar and all these things with... I there's just such pure joy in a hot dog and it's so easy to make a hot dog. Yeah. I mean it's something that you can microwave and it's almost as good as being off the grill. Totally. That's that's the thing, right? Like in I don't know how much of a thing this is. Uh you're in Philly, right? Yes. Yeah. I don't know how much of a thing this is down there, but up here in Montreal we have like you're gonna have your like toasted grilled hot dogs, whatever. But we also have the steamy which is, you know, it's a it's a boiled steamed hot dog on a steamed bun and it just slides down really easy, right? And microwaving them is a great way to do that in like 30 seconds instead of having to like get water boiling and it's awesome. Like I just wrap my hot dog in a wet paper towel, shove it in the microwave for like 15 seconds if it's one hot dog, 30 if it's two, you know, you got to be kind of careful because otherwise your hot dog ruptures and you get that kind of weird uh Oh, I like that. First hot dog thing. I like that on the grill. I don't like it out of the microwave. The out of the microwave, <laughs> it changes the texture a little in a way I don't like. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. See, see, for me, I, I like that. I'll throw them in there, wrap them in a paper towel, throw them in, throw them in the microwave, and then just go about my day, you know, and and come back whenever I'm hungry. It's been running for a few hours. I come out there <laughs> nice and dry and exploded. And uh, uh, I, I like a juicy hot dog. I like one that's been dried out a little bit in the microwave. Uh, when I found out, I remember when I was younger and I found out that you could make hot dogs in the microwave, mm. I thought, you know, the only way to do it was if my mom made them in in a pot of boiling water or if my dad or brother made them on the grill. Right. And then my mom said, no, you can just microwave them. And I said, this changes everything. <laughs> this, was, this was the moment. 
I don't think I knew you could microwave hot dogs until my adult life. Like as a child, I always just boiled them. It took forever, but that was it. I, I only as an adult discovered microwaving hot dogs. And the first time I was like, this is wrong. I can't, this, this feels wrong, but no, it's not wrong. And you know why? Because you can also eat them raw because they're pre-cooked when you get them. So you're totally fine. When we were, when we were chatting in the run up to this, I was thinking to myself, should I tell Tom that I'm microwave my hot dogs or is that something I need to be really <laughs> ashamed about? Uh, and, and it's, it's, it's great. It's great that it's like, I just love how accessible it is. Yeah. I'm hungry within two minutes. I can be eating. Yeah. And you know, you were saying bagels are just a conduit for cream cheese. You can put cream cheese on a hot dog too, if you're really feeling like you need a cream cheese fix, but you want a little extra protein in there. And it is not bad. That sounds terrifying, but I, I'd try it. It tastes exactly how you'd imagine it tastes, which is <laughs> pretty okay. Well, I mean, coming from Philadelphia, you know, we have the Philly roll in sushi, which is then has cream cheese in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Philadelphia is is so strangely tied to cream cheese, even though Philadelphia cream cheese is actually a New York product <laughs> named after Philadelphia because at the time dairy uh, from the Philly area was so good. Right. So sort of borrowing the the cachet, but we are we are forever tied to our our identity to cheese and cream cheese specifically, and then the cheese steak. We're a cheesy city. Yeah, as it should be. Uh, Yes. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So I alluded to this earlier that there's like the Chicago version of a hot dog, right? Where there's like very specific understanding of what goes on a hot dog. If you get one in Chicago, it, does Philly have its own hot dog specs? You know? No, not not really. Right? We went all in on the on the Philly cheesesteak. Sure. That's that's our signature food, but. Uh, our hot dogs are are very similar to New York dogs. You know, it, it's it's the kind of thing that you would get from a street vendor in New York uh, would be basically what you get in Philly. If other Philadelphians are around who who know better than I do, please correct me. Um, but I don't I don't know. I can't think of one. Constant source of uh, cultural information. Wikipedia tells me that there is a hot dog in the Philadelphia metropolitan area called the Texas Tommy. You ever heard of this? Oh, is that, yes, yeah. I didn't know that was a regional thing. Okay, yes. okay. So Wiki says that it's a hot dog topped with melted cheese and wrapped in bacon. That sounds great. I'd eat that. <laughs> okay. So I have I have I have a history with Texas Tommies. I did not know that was a Philly thing. Uh that's what that's what happens when the only other place you live outside of the sort of Philadelphia and Pennsylvania area is Tokyo, where there just aren't hot dogs. Sure. <laughs> um well man, that's that is again that's going to change my whole view of things so when i was a kid in elementary school we had sort of the a and b lunches sure and you're, you're so the a lunch would change every day the b lunch was almost always a hot dog and the c lunch was i think a peanut butter and jelly sandwich okay and occasionally the a lunch would be a texas tommy which out of an elementary school cafeteria means a piece of craft cheese barely melted onto a hot dog with one slice of bacon on it. Sure. So my formative years with the Texas Tommy were pretty dire. <laughs> and I have never been able to really get my mind around it since. It's just, it was so gross <laughs> at that time that I just, like, I, I've had a bacon and cheese dog, not recently, within like the last 
10 years maybe. Sure. But it, it wasn't that just craft slice on some bacon and hot dogs. I mean, right. It was one of those where you had like the nacho style cheese sauce and it was loaded in bacon. It was, there was so much sodium in it. I think, you know, I had one of those five, those five down, gallon water cooler jugs. I probably could have gone through one of those just to feel normal again. Sure. But um, I never got on with the Texas Tommy. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. It's it's one of those things that definitely sounds like I would eat it at least once because it sounds really good. I feel like it would not be able to become my standard, like my go-to hot dog because it sounds like a little too rich, you know? It is. It can be, for sure. I think for me, the like the peak hot dog i love a chili dog like you mentioned chili dogs before i remember my first time having a chili dog was when i found out that dairy queen has chili dogs sometimes which was also <laughs> when i found out that dairy queen has non-ice cream sometimes which blew my mind um i was in high school and there's a dairy queen like in the neighborhood my high school is in and so one day i was just you know walking by and i i wanted to get like a blizzard or something with some friends and then we got inside and i realized there was chili dogs on the menu like i saw hot dogs turning in the thing you know the metal the metal hot dog turner and i thought oh, yeah Dairy Queen has hot dogs and I looked at the menu and I thought Dairy Queen has chili dogs and you know as a child of the 90s I knew chili dogs from exactly one place and that was Sonic the Hedgehog and I thought you know I could go for a chili dog right now that sounds way past cool and I got a chili dog and I mean it was a Dairy Queen chili dog so don't get me wrong it was not like by any stretch of the imagination particularly good but it opened my mind to a world of of wetter, messier hot dogs than what I had grown up with. And I think that changed something for me and allowed me to experiment a little bit more with like other additional toppings on top of hot dogs, right? Because I grew up with just like ketchup, mustard, maybe relish if we were feeling fancy that day. As a kid, it was just ketchup for me because I didn't start to like mustard till I was an adult. Pretty straightforward hot dog situations. Now, as an adult, I'm like, okay, at bare minimum, I want mustard. If I'm going for a super simple dog, just a squirt of mustard on there and I'm happy. But I love to just like pour a bunch of crap on top of my hot dogs. I love a Michigan, which is like almost like a chili dog, but with like meat sauce instead of chili, you know, like I love I love a messy hot dog. You know, it's it's funny because I can do a messy, messy hot dog in the right circumstances. But it's one of those where it's almost I need to be in a place where I can either get something on my shirt and it's okay, or I can get something on my shirt and I have another one ready to go. Like I will pack a second <laughs> hot dog, a second shirt, if I know I'm going to play this with messy foods. Um, sure. But otherwise, it's like ribs in public. I don't, I don't like eating it. <laughs> and I know I do miss out on some flavors that way. But if if I can make it happen, I'll do it. I mean, you know, walk in with the bib and sure. Uh, honestly, a full poncho <laughs> I is think really what I is what I need to feel safe. I think I it's weird that they like they give you a bib when you eat lobster, but they don't give you a bib when you eat hot dogs. And I think that's a mistake. We need hot dog <laughs> bibs. I didn't know that this was called an Austrian hot dog until I was on Wikipedia a minute ago and discovered it. But a thing that I like to do sometimes, which I guess makes sense. I do have Austrian roots in my family. Maybe it's like a thing I knew in, internally uh, is that you hollow out a baguette and put your hot dog or, or a sausage inside it and eat it that way. That's a great experience too. If you like uh, a little extra like oomph to your bread. That, that remind that kind of sounds like the pretzel dog. Ooh, but, 
not a pretzel, obviously. Sure, yeah. And I mean, we can't not talk about corn dogs also, right? Or uh, do you have pogos in the States or is that a strictly Canadian thing? What is a pogo? A pogo is just a branded corn dog. Okay, yeah, no, I haven't seen it. Okay, okay. Yeah, that might just be a Canadian thing. It's it's exactly what you'd expect when you hear corn dog. You know, it's it's battered fried hot dog on a stick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so the, I mean, the corn dog is sort of that classic state fair food. Yeah. So growing up where I grew up, I didn't really go to a lot of state fairs because I was in the suburbs right next to the city. Not a lot of state fairs going on there. Sure. And much to my dismay, the only corn dogs I've ever had uh, have been frozen ones. Okay. I mean, that's... Uh, and I like them. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to try a fresh one. Same here, basically. Like, um, pogos are, are always sold frozen. Like, you get them in the grocery store freezer section here and, like... That's, that's I think, 90% of, like, at least East Coast Canadian kids, like, our experience of corn dogs is pogos, to the point where I didn't know what a corn dog was until I was an adult, and someone explained to me that pogos are a kind of corn dog. Like, I, I just heard corn dog and was like, well, that's something else. I think the frozen corn dog is like the microwaved hot dog in terms of, like, quickness and accessibility and, like, Everyone just kind of has these growing up. And then the actual like fried on the spot carnival corn dog is the like go into a street cart vendor who grills the hot dog for you on the spot and and fancies it up for you. You know, they're both they're both great. They have their place. It's almost unfair to compare them. Well, I mean, the frozen corn dog has a leg up on sort of the microwave hot dog in a way that it's just it's one piece. It's all together. You have your ready substance you even have a holding apparatus at most one napkin needed to to get through to get through uh, a couple of corn dogs throw them in the microwave forever or for however long it takes and then you're good to go you you can take two and you don't even need a plate yeah because you don't have to worry about how hot they get because you've got handles yeah, that's it. That's it. And magically, the stick is never that hot. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 amazing. Wood, man. I promised my kid. So the other day, we realized there's this, like, basically corn dog restaurant in our neighborhood that, you know, my son noticed while we were walking past it the other day. And he was like, wow, I really want to, like, try a hot dog on a stick sometime. And I'm like, we've had those. We've had pogos, you know, from the box, in the microwave, whatever. But it's been a little while since we last had one. I would believe he forgot. And I'm like, okay, we can go there sometime. And we were going to go yesterday on the way home from daycare. And he was super excited about it. And then we realized it was closed for like renovations or something. Aww. So I promised him we could make corn dogs this weekend because we just need to buy hot dogs. We have everything else we need for that. Maybe we need to be- get popsicle sticks. I'm not sure, but we can make it work. You know, now I'm really excited about the prospect of like frying my own corn dogs for the first time. Cause like, I don't know. There's, there's something fun about taking something that feels like a special treat that you only get like, on a special occasion, you know, at a carnival or whatever, and figuring out how to do it yourself at home, there's always something kind of magical about that, that I think we we don't necessarily get from a regular hot dog as often as we do from a corn dog. Yeah, I can see that. You know, it was like when, when we first got super pretzels out of the freezer, and I can, I'm like, wait, I can have soft pretzels at home? I don't have to go to the baseball game? Again, a lot more, a lot more <laughs> I'm beginning to think I never actually liked baseball. I just liked 
eating in the stadium. Like, as a kid who grew up in a city that used to have a baseball team and doesn't anymore, I have such a... uh, connection to baseball like I really I would love to go to baseball games I would love to actually like be able to be a more active fan because I do love baseball when I watch it on TV I always have a good time but like you can't really like you can't be a baseball fan in Montreal as easily as you can in cities that still have that you know but but yeah every time I buy hot dogs I'm like this this feels like I should be eating it at a baseball game. And part of that is that the uh, one of the main brands that I buy here, uh, I believe it's called High Grade. Uh, I don't know if that's a local thing too, but uh, they have a little guy with a little with a little baseball bat on the package. And like, <laughs> it's labeled as the official hot dog of the Montreal Expos, a phrase that is now meaningless. And like... Do, do the labels <laughs> still say that? Yeah. <laughs> And they make all beef ones, and they're great. And it's like, you know, when we eat these hot dogs, it's like, oh, we're getting the baseball hot dogs. And the fact that my kid calls them the baseball hot dogs, like, Toby has no sense of who the Montreal Expos are. He was born in 2018. Like, there's there's no, you know, I barely know the Expos. It's There's something fun for me about, like, having that connection to this game that I love every time I eat a hot dog. Which feels silly, but like I think it's okay for that to feel silly and also be nice at the same time. No, you know, it shouldn't. It shouldn't feel silly over over the pandemic and, and over the past year. I don't know. I guess we're technically out of it now. I don't know. It does feels weird. Are we? But anyway, are we out of it? I've, <laughs> I, I've watched a lot of food TV, and I think um, things like Top Chef and Taste the Nation. Uh, basically, I'll watch anything. Padma Lakshmi's in. I, I think it's I think it's really important to acknowledge how food connects us, uh, not just to each other, but to things in our past. Like, well, one of the things I was thinking about about this episode and hot dogs specifically is how American it feels. And I look back now, and and the memories have changed, or at least the meaning of the memories have changed. Because when I was a kid and I and I ate a hot dog, I didn't feel, you know, more American. Right. Because, yeah, I don't know, I was born here, I'm from here, I always felt American. Right. And it wasn't until I got to be a little older that I realized that not everyone felt that way about me. In recent years, I won't say why, it's felt very different again uh, as to as to those feelings of being American or not. Mm-hmm. I, I was in a very strange position when I was living in another country, and when I came home, there was a new president here. You know, I left under one and I came back under another. Right. Neymar, I, I, I don't think we need to mention. No, no. I think anyone <laughs> um, anyone who's uh, who's paid any attention to American presidents over the past, say, uh, since 2008, probably knows uh, <laughs> when, a, when a shift toward a more racist time may have happened. So it's like I got on a plane leaving a country I love, went to another country who I also ended up falling in love with, and then I came back and my home didn't feel like home anymore right and the hot dog which was always tasty and convenient and and all those things we've been saying about it took on a new meaning to me and it was it gave me a connection to a time that was for me much simpler Hmm. warmer and easier and it became even more of a comfort food than it was before is when I do eat a hot dog, I feel more American. Mm. Whatever that means now, sure. I don't even really know what that means anymore. But 
I do feel like I'm a part of the place that has been my home for my entire life. Right. Uh, so I don't think it's silly to associate corn dogs with that state fair or that carnival and be giddy about being able to make it at home because, you know, we growing up as, as the children of immigrants, the first, first generation here, you deal with food shame mm -hmm. um, because your food is different. And, you know, watching these shows that I mentioned, it's, it, it was nice to see other people also, other people who are chefs now at the top of their game doing the food from their culture saying, yeah, I didn't want Japanese food growing up, even though that's where my family is from. I didn't want uh, African food because I would get made fun of in school. And like I didn't want Desi food to take with me because people say it looks weird. It smells funny. Uh, and then you get made fun of even more than you did before for being different. Being able to have something that connects you to a time when you didn't have to worry about stuff like that mm -hmm. is really nice. And I don't, I don't think there's anything to be ashamed about in that. I don't think there's anything. I mean, one, first of all, you should never feel food shame yeah. about everything, whether it's culture, whether it's 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 the amount of money your food costs whether you, you're having ramen or wagyu beef every day you should never feel shame about that like just get that out of the way yeah food connects us food has memories and i think it's it's great to acknowledge that yeah yeah well said i just i, I really appreciate you like sharing that story because i think that uh I was not expecting us to go deep today. I was like, oh, we're going to talk about hot dogs. This will be a, a goofy summer episode. And I, I really appreciate that, like, that nuance of this simple food, this this simple thing that we eat in a kind of, like, celebratory but almost, like, secondary way can have such deep and meaningful connection for someone. I mean, for you, too, right? Of, like, just this feels like home and this connects me to home. I think for me, it's like same here. Like this is something that like, sure, we can, we can joke about like, oh, you know, hot dogs are just a derivation of like German and Austrian sausages. So like it connects me to my past or whatever, but like actually it connects me a lot more to my present, right? It, con it connects me a lot more to, you know, growing up in Montreal, growing up like, you know, on the on the fairly poor side of uh of middle class like to the point where i don't totally understand how we got by hot dogs for us were you know not necessarily about a sense of identity but about a sense of comfort they were about you know this is a way that we can get some protein without you know breaking the bank because like they were cheap enough and you know we could throw a hot dog on a plate with like some rice or or some pasta in addition and like have a simple meal that cost relatively little and kept us going and like seeing that comfort food be a thing that we can also eat in times of celebration i think is really i don't know i think there's something poignant about that like connection there between comfort and festivity you know yeah i mean it's it's beautiful in a way and i think it really it allows you to take a step back and appreciate the simple things here you go from something the the cut up hot dog and spaghetti to the I don't know craft dogs with bell peppers and I don't even know all the other things they would load it up with in Chicago it's uh, it's daunting to me but you, you can make it as simple or as fancy as you want and it's 
it's eaten in a celebratory fashion and it's it's often eaten in a way where you're, you're having it with other people. Yeah, the hot dog, the microwave hot dog is great, but the backyard barbecue is where it shines, where right. you're sitting around, you're eating, you're out in nature, which is something I generally loathe but can <laughs> deal with in short spurts. I'm a city boy through and through, Tom. It's it's. Oh. I like the glass and the steel and the concrete, and you know that's that's my world. Oh, a hundred percent. But <laughs> being out in someone's backyard for a couple of hours, three four times a year, it's nice. It's rejuvenative, and yeah. uh, it's 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 nice to. I mean, especially after again three years behind closed doors, to be in a group of people and not worry as much course being the outdoor setting really helps there <laughs> it's just there there is something so god i don't want to say comforting again about but i can't think of a better word hang on hang on let me go to synonyms.com for a second here <laughs> synonyms for comforting heartwarming reassuring i like reassuring reassuring can work reassuring is good we're all here we're all together we're eating the same cylinder of meat that we don't like to think too hard about <laughs> There's that old joke, right? There's two things that nobody, everybody loves and nobody wants to know how they're made, laws and sausages. Sure. Wait, laws? People love laws? I guess some people love laws. Fuck I'm a lawyer, so I find them interesting at least. At least, sure, yeah. I feel like uh, I feel like that expression probably came from a time when laws were less... Uh... You know what? This is a happy show. Let's... <laughs> <laughs> I saw it in an episode of The West Wing. So, oh, there we go. I love I love that show. So, <laughs> in Bartlett's America, people <laughs> yes. love laws as much as they love hot dogs. Okay, speaking of things that I love as much as I love hot dogs, uh, we're gonna take a quick moment to hop over to the mid roll, and then when we get back, we'll talk a little bit more about shoving wieners and buns. If you're enjoying the show so far, make sure to hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on so that you never miss a new episode. While you're at it, consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or sharing this episode with a friend. For every new rating and review we get during the month of June, we'll be donating $2 to The Depot, our local food bank here in NDG. They can turn every $1 into $3 worth of food for a family in need, so by doing the simple free act of leaving a rating and review of the show, you're functionally donating $6 worth of food to people who need it. That's like a pack of hot dogs. God, I remember when hot dogs were cheaper than that. That's... But you know what? There's literally no other way to turn zero into hot dogs. So if that math is exciting for you, go do it. You can read all about what The Depot is doing at the link in the description of this episode. We are still trying to grow our Patreon to reach the $50 a month goal. When we get there, we're going to be launching our No Bad Food Recipe Club, where every month we're going to post new recipes for you to try out and share with your friends and family. Uh, I'm also about to ship out bookmarks to all of our current patrons. So uh, if you get on Patreon in the next couple days... I will also send you a bookmark to say thank you. It's a bookmark with our logo on it and uh, a recipe printed on the back. So kind of think of it as a like mini recipe club. That's exciting. You want a mini recipe club and a bookmark with a recipe on it? You can put it in your favorite cookbook and then you'll have two recipes on that page every time you open the book to the page with the bookmark on it. Or you can put it in a different book and then every time you're reading a book, You'll think about listening to a podcast instead. If you're trying to read more books, <laughs> maybe don't listen to podcasts instead. <laughs> but if you like being reminded of media you enjoy while you read the book you're enjoying, get, get our bookmark. Be a patron. As little as a dollar. It goes a long way to help us keep the lights on around here and to keep us in hot dogs for time to, for, for all time to eat. It's hot. I'm tired. Dog. Patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod. Do it. All right. Let's get back to the show. 
Okay, so we are going to wrap up very soon, but of course there is an important question that I always have to ask in the second half of the show, and that is, what is the best hot dog experience you've ever had in your life? Or, or you know, what is your optimal hot dog if you don't have a specific experience in mind? What's the, like, perfect way to eat a hot dog for you? I know I, I spoke a lot about the baseball game and the backyard barbecue and all these things that are, are hot dog occasions. But I think there was there's one time that really sticks out in my mind. I was freshly in law school. It was my 1L year. And I'd been out of school for many years at that point, And I had come back and was not prepared for, one, the energy that 22-year-olds have and <laughs> the technology that's in school now. Hmm. Uh, people were talking to me about everything's on the blackboard and I I literally a, as somebody who you know is from a different century I said where's the blackboard thinking that it was a physical board I had to go look at so then I pulled out my bifocals and a newspaper and somebody pointed out to me that it was online hold on there was no actual blackboard so there's a program there's an online thing called blackboard oh, no. where teachers post all their assignments and i had no idea about because when i went to when i went to undergrad that didn't exist sure you know even when i went to undergrad laptops in the classroom were not that common i mean there was always there were always people with laptops but it wasn't everyone right and then i i go to law school i'm at this point, you know, pushing 30 and I walk in with a notebook and a pen and everyone pulls out a laptop and says, <laughs> oh, did you do the reading assignment? And I'm like, what reading assignment is the first day? So it was, I loved law school. I love being a lawyer. I love being able to, to help people uh, using my degree. But the beginning of it was, the beginning of law school was very, very rough for me. Sure. And I remember coming home one day and ordering off Grubhub from a little Italian place. And, you know, they have pizza and hoagies, uh, sub sandwiches. And they also had hot dogs and chili dogs. Sure. And I ordered two 10 inch chili dogs. It arrived pretty quickly because they're not that far. It's honestly embarrassingly close enough. I could have walked there. Oh, we all have those. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the chili dogs arrive. I eat them. I, I scarf them down while sitting on my sofa and watching something on Netflix. Who knows? Just taking an hour where I didn't have to catch up on reading or learning the new language of the law and then the new language of people who are in their 20s early 20s still <laughs> and it allowed me to just push pause on my day on on a on a rather rough day at the end of a rough week at the end of several rough weeks in a row for that blissful chili covered messy moment <laughs> i was there and only there mm. and you don't get that a lot yeah i think so one obsessed with the idea of getting two 10-inch chili dogs. Like, I've never seen a 10-inch hot dog in my life, and I want one, especially if it's covered in chili. So so shout out to you, because that's exactly the order I probably would have made in that moment. Like, that sounds, that sounds perfect. Two, I think there's something to messy food as a thing that forces you to be in your body for a minute. 
that we don't talk about that often, but like when you're kind of in a place where you want to dissociate, where you're like, like feeling overwhelmed by everything that's going on, having something that grounds you like that, I think messy food is perfect. It, it takes you back to, you know, childhood where all food is messy because you don't have fine motor skills yet, which can be really like comforting and important and therapeutic almost. And it, it forces you to exist just in that moment in your body as you deal with the mess, right? Whether that is dealing with the mess by eating more carefully or dealing with the mess by having the mess on your body and then having to deal with the cleanup. In either case, it it centers you and it grounds you and it puts you more in the moment and it kind of forces you to not dissociate while you're eating and forces you to have a more like mindful experience of that food. And I, I, it feels wild to be having this revelation about a hot dog, but damn it, here we are. And and I love that. I mean, I think, I think you're exactly right. For me, there's a lot of concentration in, in making sure I don't get it all over myself, but that also keeps you in the moment. Right. Well, that's exactly it. Right. It's, it, it forces you to be in the moment with that food, which like, I don't know. I mean, when we all have phones in our pockets, like, or TVs on, whatever it is, like, it can be really hard to let yourself just be in the moment with the food, especially when you're eating alone, right? Like when you're when you're eating with people, it can be easy to keep your phone in your pocket and just talk to people while you eat. But when you're on your own, like, I don't know, it's hard to it's hard to not just instinctively take your phone out so you have something to do while you're eating. And eating something that needs two hands and that's going to make a huge mess, whether you eat it with two hands or one, frankly, it forces you to just kind of engage with your food a little bit more in that moment. And that that's beautiful. It, re- it really is. It really is. So like we're recording this the day before Father's Day. It comes out the day after Father's Day. So we're in this like Father's Day weekend nebula right now, I guess, where now I have committed to making corn dogs, but I also want a chili dog. And there's a distinct possibility that I'm going to have to find a way to make myself a big old pot of chili that I can pour on top of some hot dogs while also making corn dogs this weekend to satisfy my child. I think that feels really appropriate for the weekend where I'm producing an episode of this show about hot dogs to, to be putting myself in a spot where I'm going to have to eat a lot of them. (laughs) I think that is wonderful. I, I love it. I think you're in for a lot of cleanup probably of the kitchen and your child and probably yourself as well. Yeah, I was going to say there's there's a distinct possibility that cleanup is going to be in multiple rooms of my house. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's Father's Day. Make some chili dogs, make some corn dogs, watch Sonic the Hedgehog too. Ooh, yeah. Oh, speaking of, what's up, buddy? Me and Mama got the perfect presents for you. <laughs> On that note, uh, I guess we should wrap up. Um, Aslan, thank you so much for doing this with me. Uh, thanks for sharing. Oh my god, Toby, that's so cute. He just came in to, to give me a Shy Guy Mario Kart Hot Wheels car, which is Aww. exactly perfect. Give me a hug. Come here. Oh, I love you. Toby, we're just talking about hot dogs on the podcast right now. Do you want to say anything about hot dogs? Yeah. It's because they're so good. It is. It is because they're so good. All right, buddy, can you stay out of here for like two minutes while I finish up? Yeah. Okay, and then I'll come see what else you got. Oh, I'm feeling loved, and it is nice. Thank you again for uh, for being here on the show. Do you have anything you want to plug? Any social media or anything you want people to check out? Now's your chance to uh, to drop it. Not really. I just enjoy spending time with you, and thank you again for having me. You mentioned my blog at the beginning. It's studyroompod.com. You can uh, check that out. It's updated infrequently, but with love. And uh, I guess... 
be kind is the last thing I'll say. Be kind to others and to yourself. And uh, have a hot dog. Yeah, be kind. Have a hot dog. My favorite Jack Black movie. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you again. This was lovely. And thank you so much for listening to No Bad Food. Do you want to be part of the conversation? Hit us up on social media at No Bad Food Pod and individually at Teffer Bear and at Tonsalatni. If you like this episode and want to help us make the show even better, you can head to patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod to donate. For as little as a month, you'd be joining the ranks of fine folks like Gab, Thomas, Anne, Erica, Andrew, Chantal, David, Mallory, Sarah, Nell, Carol Ann, and Rachel. Patrons get access to all kinds of awesome perks, including the ability to request topics for episodes of the show, access to our Discord server. How, how much do you like being in our discord server it's a good place right oh it's i love it it's so much fun yeah you can you can be part of it you can join us there at patreon.com slash no bad food pod you'll also get a bookmark like i said if you do it in the next couple days so incentives yay Speaking of uh, physical objects with our logo on them, we have merch. You can hit the merch link in the description to get all sorts of great stuff from our lovely friends at the Podcavern merch store, like a hat or an apron that says no bad food on it, so that when you're cooking, you can wear a hat or an apron that says no bad food. And when people are like, hey, what you got on the grill? You can just point and be like, nothing bad, tell you that much, and then give them a hot dog. And of course, you can support us for free by leaving a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice and by sharing this episode with a friend. Our theme music is by Zach Wienermobile Ingalls, and our cover art is by David Forcemeat Flam. You can find links for both of them in the description of this episode. Last but certainly not least, this show is produced and edited by me, Tom Zalatni, as part of the Podcavern Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at www.podcavern.com. Happy Father's Day. Happy June. Go put a hot dog in your mouth. You That's it. Understand. Just takes a little time, it takes a little time, it takes a little time with me. I hope you don't mind, we'll take it slow this time. No Bad Food is a proud member of the Podcavern Network. For more great shows like this one, head to podcavern.com. In 2017, Universal Studios announced The Dark Universe, an ambitious project that would see all of their classic movie monsters come together like some kind of horror Avengers. Only one movie was ever made, which bombed so hard they canceled the entire franchise. But what if they hadn't? On our podcast, Are You Afraid of the Dark Universe, we imagine the connected horror universe that never was. Every week, one of us pitches the other on the next movie in the universe until we grow to Marvel proportions and beyond. So far, we've tackled Frankenstein, The Wolfman, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, and many more, and we're just getting started. Follow along on your favorite podcast app and ask yourself the question, Are you afraid of the dark universe? Hi everyone, I'm Tong. I'm Sam. And I'm Laura. And we are... Disney Dummies! Look, we know there are Disney super fans out there, but even the superest of fans could still be Disney dummies. That's why the three of us are on a quest to watch every single animated theatrical release in chronological order, from Snow White all the way to whatever's out right now. We dive into each movie in detail, talking about fun facts, talking about the animation, hit you with some hot takes, our favorite reviews on the internet. We even talk about who fucks. I still can't believe that's an actual segment. 
So join us every second Wednesday for another episode of Disney Dummies and Pixar Pals when we finally catch up. Yeah. Yeah. Brought to you by the fairy tale whimsical depths of the Podcavern. <laughs>